Welcome to Harvest Valley Worship Center's Sermon of the Week. You can discover more about our church, pastors, and special guests at hvwc.com. We hope that you are blessed by today's message. All right, we're in week number five. Thank you, Emily. We're in week number five of our series on a culture of honor. How's the series going for you guys? I think that there's a lot of deep revelation about God's value on humanity, right? Because when we begin to value what God values, the way that God values it, we start to actually have a different way of interacting, a different way of dealing with each other. When we see that the way that God navigates relationship is different than how we navigate relationship, right? Uh, We start to go, oh, maybe I should do that a little differently, Perhaps I'm not doing the best I should. There's an improvement to be made. And and with the culture of honor, um, I believe that God is positioning us as a community to reach the lost. To reach those who do not know our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. A great conversation that I had with somebody this week around sin and the effects of sin on the earth and and, um, you know, it's funny, um, did you, do you understand why God calls some things sinful and some things holy? Do you know why he did that? So that he could maintain connection with us. Every time sin is mentioned It comes with a consequence, and one of the primary consequences of sin is that it actually does create a form of separation in our relationship with God. It creates distance. God doesn't want distance in our relationship. So he says, "You want? I want to be close to you, so let me give you some... In the Old Testament, he gave them rules and boundaries and laws and said, don't do these things. Why? So I can come close to you. So we can be together. That was his original Mount Sinai. That's what he did. That's what he said. Right? And then people were like, no, 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 no. When we understand honor, honor is not about the weight of sin. Honor is about the weight of glory. So um, Dennis preached a great message on on the freedom from sin and uh, being fearful of sin versus uh, being, you know, uh, honoring and creating an environment of freedom versus rules, all that kind of stuff. All this is kind of weaving its way together into this last kind of half of this series, which is completely focused on relationships. Okay, so so we can look at honor from the standpoint of honoring those who have authority Right? You don't honor someone's authority because they've earned it. Oh, man, man. Oh, boy, that went over like a lead balloon. Somebody give me some coffee. Oh, my gosh. I, I got a cup of coffee somewhere. I have, to, I have to fight through this bad boy. I need a little extra energy. You don't honor authority because they earn it. Who gives authority? God does. You honor authority because God gave it. 
Not because of how good they are. Ask David. Ask Joseph. Ask the models. Ask Daniel. You don't honor because they've earned it or because I am God and I get to tell you who is approved and unapproved according to God's authority. That's pride of the utmost grotesque level. To think that I, in my wisdom, get to decide who's worthy of honor and who's not. It's demonic. And some of y'all, including myself, we need to remind ourselves of the truth that authority flows from God. It's not from man, and I need to repent. I'm coming in hot today. Hello. All right. I need to re- we need to repent for our absolute dishonor of authority. I don't like some people who are elected to office at all. I have to honor them. I have to honor. I don't agree. I have to honor. Now, what does honor look like in those Man, can we just stop bad-mouthing people? Can we, can we start moving in a direction to actually act like Jesus? I love you. And maybe I'm trying to shrink the church right now. I don't even know what's going on. But let me tell you. Let me tell you what. The Lord, the Lord has something different in store for the believer in this next season. And the, and the patterns and the things that we've been operating under, the, the political spirit that we've operated under will not fly for the believer in the next season. It will not fly. You will not have influence where you want to have influence because God is going to put you on a shelf. Because those who carry the political spirit, which is the same as the religious spirit, they're one and the same, guys. Okay, it's pride. It's pride and works. So, so when those two blend, God doesn't want to give you influence in the highest levels. He doesn't want to give you influence even locally. Why? He wants people to know Him, not just His principles, not just His ways. He wants, they, he wants everyone to come in contact with a loving, loving Father who loves them and accepts them and loves them unconditionally. Loves and accepts them. Un- Did you know that God accepts you unconditionally? How do I know that? How do I know that? He sent Jesus to die for you while you were still sinners. Before you were approvable. He still came for you. He accepted you into the beloved when you didn't deserve it and you didn't earn it. He honored the value that he placed on your life by sending Jesus so that you might know him. Let us honor those who don't know Jesus in a manner through which they can encounter the love and the power of God in the midst of our differences, in the midst of rebellion, in the midst of confusion that the world is swimming in right now. Okay, I can't right now. God is 
made a priority. There's three priorities, that, three aspects of relationship that we're going to cover over the next probably three, four weeks. And, I, and I, I'm just going to tell you, the first one is about connection. Relationship must be about connection. God, he did everything so that we could be connected to Him. He did everything so that, so, that, so that we can be connected to Him. So we're going to talk about what it means to be connected to the Father and to abide with God. And then how do we do that with each other? Okay, over the next two weeks, we're going to talk about, this week, we're going to talk about connection and the value of connection, but then I'm going to talk about some of the, uh, well, we're going to talk about the foundation of connection, and then we're going to talk about some of the pillars that that building is built on, okay? Things like trust, things like uh, self-control and responsibility and some of these concepts that we kind of are a little confusing in our current culture, Okay. Because because our understanding of responsibility is 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 really whacked out right now, okay. So we're just going to say here's what the Lord says about relationships and responsibility and how can we do that well. Then we're going to talk about not only do we need um, the one one aspect is relationship or is of relationship is connection, okay. Then we need to talk about communication, how we communicate, okay. We're going to talk about a God style of communication which um, is not. Um, the uh, more silently aggressive type or passive aggressive. Um, it's not uh, withholding and, and being silent and then, you know, manipulating people. You know, there's certain communication styles that some of us grew up with. So we're going to unpack that a little bit and say, here's how God wants us to communicate. Okay. If this isn't spiritual enough for you, I'm sorry. Um, and then, um, and then, no, really, I, yeah. So then, um, the reason why some of us are stunted in our spiritual walks and you don't get breakthrough is because you don't know how to communicate. Because there's things in your heart, but you don't, and you end up using the devil's tools to communicate what God's put in your heart. And then you wonder why nobody, nobody ever sees it or does it or, you know, why it never happens. Hallelujah, amen. Come on, praise Jesus. All right. Now, I don't know why I'm coming in this hot this morning. It's been like this lately, has it? Okay, all right. Thank you for your peace, Lord. Last one is about boundaries, understanding boundaries. And I'm not preaching um, a, a sermon on boundaries um, in the sense of how to protect yourself. I'm talking about boundaries that actually produce intimacy and connection. Uh, most of us view boundaries as walls to hold people out. That's a demonic boundary. Hey, awesome. Hallelujah. All right. If you want to grow, I, I really strongly encourage you to, to be here or make sure you watch the messages online. Um, the entire service, uh, series is online. Go to the sermons page at hvwc.com, and then you can see a little tab that says Culture of Honor. Click on that, and all the sermons in order will pop up for you to view. Um, so you can, you can see them all right there on the website. We try to make it easy for people to find the stuff. All right. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to John chapter 15. None of that that I just told you was written down. That was an introduction that was free. It was all extra for you. All right. So we're going to talk about the, the uh, priority of relationship must be connection, and God has given us a model for how 
to have connected, lasting, fulfilling relationships. And in John 15, Jesus is at the Last Supper, and then he makes some comments to his disciples. And we're going to read verses 9 through 17. And I'm going to pepper in a little bit of my commentary as we go, okay? As the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. Say abide. This means stay connected to me. Abide in my love. Stay connected with me. If you keep my commandments, you will abide. Say abide. In my love. All right, here we go. Now we're talking about rules. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in His love. This is the whole point of what I mentioned earlier. The reason why God gave commandments was so we can abide. It's not to put a yoke of bondage and a yoke of slavery over you. If He gives you a boundary, it's so that you can stay with Him. Many of us have never understood why God gave laws that are difficult or hard to fulfill. He wants to stay connected with us and we are broken. Okay, verse 11. These things I have spoken to you that my joy may remain in you. That is about connection. That my joy may remain in you is about connection. When you abide, you have joy. And that your joy may be full. Verse 12. This is my commandment. That you love one another as I have loved you. So how do you stay connected with God? It's how you stay connected with each other. It's how you love one another that keeps you connected with the Father. 13. Greater love has no one than this than to lay down one's life for his friends. You are my friends. You're my friends. You're connected to me. Do you hear him say that? You're my friend. You are my friend. You, we're connected, right? You're my friends. I got a call this last week. I was feeling kind of down, and one of my buddies from high school called me. How you doing, man? What's going on in your world? I start complaining. I know nobody else does this. Okay. I, I'll own it. I, I, had, I had some frustrations in my world, some things that were weighing on me a little bit. So I start telling them about it. And uh, hmm. suddenly, he's like, Chris, no matter what, don't you dare quit pastoring. I, I wasn't thinking about it. But he spoke it so plainly that only a friend who knew me well could. Because you know what? Like from high school, I see him maybe twice a year. We're connected. We're friends. So there's an abiding and a connecting that God actually has in store for us when he calls us friends. He says, you are my friends if you do whatever I command you. Now listen to this. He says, no longer do I call you servants. 
Uh, this is not a forced arrangement for you any longer. No longer do I call you servants. This isn't forced. For a servant does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends. We are in this relationship together. For all things that I heard from my Father, I've made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain, that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give you. A lot to cover there. I'm not covering it. These things I command you that you love one another. These things I command you that you love one another. So um, God's love for us is modeled through who? God's love was modeled for us through who? Through Jesus, yes. And now as friends of God, he calls us to do life connected to him. So everything that we do in life should be connected to the Father now. Through Jesus. And what's he say? He starts with selfless love. Giving of himself fully. And he modeled that for us and expects us to give of ourselves without regard to ourselves. To give of ourselves without thinking about ourselves all the time. Right? So this is Jesus modeling. And then Jesus established some boundaries, right? He said, hey, this is my commandment, right? Why? Why did Jesus establish boundaries again? For us to maintain and, and to stay connected with him. The minute that you begin to realize that every single thing that God invites us into that is, could be considered religious or a law in the scriptures, whether it's tithing or taking a Sabbath, I'll just put the two really big heretical ones up there, right? The big ones that everybody kind of twitches a little. Let me just tell you, these things are there for the sake of connection. They're not there to make your life miserable. To stay connected with Him. Every boundary that God puts in place is to draw us closer to Himself. To experience more of His goodness in our life. See, it's a demonic father that uses rules to punish. It's a good father that uses rules to create safety and connection. Are we doing okay? With our connection comes a deeper knowing of who He is, what He's doing. It comes with a greater understanding. He, of course, God has a vision for our lives, right? I, and He specifically says that He's giving us gifts so that we can bear fruit that comes from His love in our lives. The connection with Him bears the fruit. Why do they call it the fruit of the Spirit? Well, the Spirit is in you, and if you're connected, you're going to bear fruit. All of this is so that we can love one another in the way that He loves us. So if we think of a relationship as a house, right? All right, builders, we have a family finishing up a big building project. You all know about this stuff. I've built 18 homes. I've sold 25. I, I, I know real estate and I know construction. I'm not good with a hammer. Okay, I just... Dennis laughs because he's like, uh, I took my spiritual gifts assessment. 
bottom three? Guess which one's in the craftsmanship is in the bottom three for me. Okay, so, you, you know, I can run the building project and tell you how I want it to look, but uh, don't ask me to take the time to make it look that good. Hallelujah. So, when we look at a building, what does a building start with? Foundation. And when we look at relationships, all relationships need a foundation, right? Every relationship needs a foundation. Now, I believe a healthy foundation for a marriage is commitment, right? Because commitment will weather storms of a lack of passion and frustration and anger and lack of intimacy and lack of vulnerability and all those things go up, they go down, they go all over the place. But if your commitment is a stable, hallelujah, right? So there's that. Now, for our relationship with the Lord, He has started as a foundation for us unconditional love and acceptance. He is made, and we tell me, let me just tell you, you need that in a marriage. Whoo! I mean, I love Mika. Unconditional love and acceptance. She has loved me when I've been unlovable. Because it's unconditional. She made the choice to make it unconditional. Hallelujah. Okay? So as a foundation, we must have unconditional love and acceptance. And we must learn to build our lives and relationships on this foundation of unconditional love and acceptance. So let's, let's talk about this a little bit. Um, Danny Silk wrote a ba- great book called Keep Your Love On. Um, it's, it's a fundamental book that I think everybody should read at some point. Um, he says this. He says, unconditional acceptance says, you are not me and I am not you. You get to be you and I get to be me in this relationship. You get to be you, I get to be me in this relationship. This does not mean that you have to unconditionally accept one another's behaviors. Rather, it means that you do not control one another. Not controlling someone while not accepting his or her negative behavior looks Something like this. Imagine, imagine my daughter, Quinn. She's been playing in the backyard. We've got a little section of our backyard that is tied up to the leads of our dogs. And our dogs, we hook them up to the lead, and we say, go to the bathroom. And they go run out, they go down the stairs, and they're in what we, what we lovingly and affectionately call the poop yard. Okay? This is where the dog is basically the dog's little potty area. We got to clean it up. We got to keep that nice and tidy. Otherwise, it gets kind of funky. So we, we got this little area where they go to the bathroom, right? Well, say Quinn's outside and she's playing in that. And she comes back in or she just happened to walk through there. And she's got some doggy do on her shoe. Right? Ew. I know I'm, get, I'm good at the visuals today. All right? See, he says, listen, 
I don't want her shoes to touch my carpet or to get on my vinyl, right? I don't want her shoes in the house at that point, right? So I meet her at the back door. Daughter, queen, you're free to come in the house once the dog mess is gone. You can take your shoes off or you can wash your shoes off. And of course, you know, Quinn, Dad, Dad, you're making me work. I love you. Take your time. I can stay calm. I can have a smile on my face, right? Not wanting dog mess in the house doesn't mean I don't want my daughter in the house. I separate her from the mess. I can love her, still require her to eliminate the mess before she comes inside. If she's really ornery and feisty, she might try to force her way in. I can assure you, people can't force their way into my house. Just like they can't force their way into my trust, they can't force their way into vulnerability and intimacy. It's not forced. See, I'm the only person who allows people into my house. This is not controlling someone. This is controlling myself. Who I let in, how I let them in, if they've got behaviors that I don't want in my house, I can control myself and say, I'm not, I'm not going to have that here. You're free to not come in. You're free to clean up. You're free to go take care of that mess and then come in. I want to be connected, but I can't have that in the house. You guys understand what I'm saying? See, what's the point of unconditional love? It says, no matter what you do, I'm going to pursue the goal of connection with you. This is the model of love that God has given us for the sake of relationship. And no matter what we've done, God has pursued us and He's pursued a connection with us. Now, anxiety and fear naturally rise in us when we find personal differences, right? And then, you know, I can't count how many people have cut off relationship because of a difference in political opinion or, or based on their, their sexuality or, or based on different things where they just cut off relationship because of these differences, and it breaks my heart. Listen, I believe very strongly that God, that God has made, let me say this, God has a redemptive, perfect design for marriage and for family and for relationship. And everything that He does is to draw us into that place with Him. And through him. Now, it's controlling. If I am telling someone how to behave in order for me to love them, that's controlling. I can love you unconditionally, I just don't need to have you in my house with doggy doo doo. 
unconditional love says, no matter what you do, I'm going to choose to love you and I want connection with you. I, I have some relationships in my life where trust has been broken. And I have a hard time trusting them. Doesn't mean that I have to, to unconditionally love them. Trust is a choice. Do you guys know that? Trust is a choice. Right? I have some people that have spoken pretty nasty things about me. Forgiving them is a choice. Some people's behaviors drive me crazy. We call them faults. <laughs> right? But we're to forgive them for their faults too. Now, I need to unconditionally love them without condition. I need to love them no matter what. And I have to understand where I am at in here when I'm experiencing tension, fear, anxiety, all of those things. When I'm recalling the last time I was in a situation like this, X, Y, and Z happened, so now I'm afraid. Now I'm scared, right? Like we have these moments where traumas, wounds, different things from our past all line up and we go, whoa, 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 and we then withhold love and we withhold acceptance in order to feel safe. I'm just telling you, you can love and you can accept and still have a boundary so that you can stay connected and feel safe. But when we put the relationship on the table and we say, I'm not going to be connected with you because of your bad behavior. Now, some of you would say, but do you know how bad that behavior was? And you know, I don't want connection. Listen, take it to the Lord. Allow yourself, allow yourself an opportunity to experience God's love for that person. Because God loves them more than you do. Clearly. Right? He does. He loves them unconditionally. If they come to him at any given moment, he will not make them punish. He will not punish them. He'll accept them. Now, God also might say, son, daughter, you need to change your behavior because it's hurting our connection. How many of you have had that conversation with God? Come on, if you've been a believer, you've had a conversation where God corrected you on something. In fact, Hebrews tells us that it is only a good son. A good son is a son that gets corrected by the Father. If you aren't being disciplined by God, you're not a son. That's what the book of Hebrews tells us, Hebrews chapter 8. So I think it's important to understand that unconditional love says that we commit to coming toward each other even when we are scared. We will do whatever is needed to protect our connection with each other. I've got some relationships that I've had to put on ice for a season because it was just too hot. So, you know, can we set a time, give us a little space, and let's connect in a few months? Why? Because I'm struggling in myself. I, I, need, I need this time. I love you. I want to connect with you. 
of value who you are. And, and almost always in each one, they're like, yeah, sounds great. Because if it's difficult for me, it's probably difficult for them too. <laughs> right? So when you put the relationship first, then you are able to be at peace during disagreements. Um, I, I, I've done this several times, and, and some of you where we've had a confrontation um, or I've had to correct something or create a boundary for someone, I will say this often, hey, listen, imagine, like, this is, Laura Lynn, this is our relationship right here, and I'm going to take our relationship, this is never on the table. For the rest of this conversation, I'm going to set the relationship over here, I want us to stay connected, but we got to deal with some things here. Okay, my, the, my, my goal is connection and relationship, and there's some things here that are actually hurting connection. I need, we just, I want relationship and connection. Let's set the relationship to the side. Now we need to deal with some attitudes, actions, and behaviors that are harming other people or harming us. Those are difficult, not easy conversations to have. But the priority, even for that conversation, is to have what? A better relationship, a better connection. And almost always, I go, wow, I didn't see the whole picture. I didn't understand everything that was going on. And I have to humble myself and go, wow, I, I think I've been reading this whole thing the wrong way. Because if my goal in a conversation about connection is to get you to change your behavior, I'm there for the wrong reason. My goal must be to understand you. My goal must be to learn what, what it is that's happening. And if I really love you, I want to help you if you're having a hard time. Or if you're not seeing it, I want to help you. One of the golden rules of conflict resolution is get the log out of your own eye first. Air quotes, Jesus said it. Just a reminder, that's from the Lord. Conditional love and acceptance does this. It says that we are willing to pull away from our connection when we deem the circumstances worthy enough. Let me say it again, because I see cognitive dissonance all over the room. Okay, sometimes that deer in the headlights, like I'm calculating, calculating, calculating. Conditional love and acceptance, not unconditional, but conditional. It means that we are willing to pull away from our connection when we deem the circumstances worthy enough. When we disconnect due to fear, it produces more fear and anxiety. A lot of people will withdraw from relationship because somebody said something or did something, and that's not how God wants us to operate, church. He doesn't want us to create disconnection because somebody did something. He's calling us to unconditional love and acceptance. And if I can make that the value of the relationship as the number one priority, now let's talk about this other thing that needs to be talked about because that was hurtful or that was difficult or I felt like you made an assumption or, you know, whatever's going on here. Like we can have that conversation, but my goal is connection. My goal is relationship. The minute that that goes on the table, the minute that the relationship's on the table, I won't have the conversation because I've deemed it worthy that you are unredeemable and I'm going to step away.
Now, in the world, we just call that, you know, wisdom. I was watching an interview with, with, we call actually breaking connection with people wisdom. It's not God. Now, let me tell you this. I was watching an interview with Mike Tyson and a young athlete. Okay, it's interesting. The young athlete says, if somebody offends me or hurts me, I cut them off. And Mike Tyson, who's not a believer, says, you just let the devil win. Well, no, I, what, what do you mean? If they treat me bad, if they do whatever, you cut them out. No, that person is now your master. You're now a slave. They changed your behavior. This is Mike Tyson saying it. I'm literally like, he's got a point. Okay. He's learned some things in prison. All right. So we bless Mike Tyson. And if he ever watches this, I, I don't live in Sandpoint, Idaho. So... But he just said, he says very plainly, like, you let the devil win because that man, that person that offended you is now your master. He's the one who changed your behavior. He says, you're amazing now. Wait till you understand empathy and compassion. And I think that that universal truth is from the Lord. Because when we understand that when I change my behavior, when I suddenly now, I'm going to rework my entire world to not swim next to this person or not meet or be around this person, they're now controlling me. What if I could just love them unconditionally and accept them unconditionally? And there's, 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 a distance in the relationship and there's a disconnection. But if my goal is connection, I can then say, well, gosh, the reason why I think we're disconnected is from something I've done or I have a hard time with something you're doing or have done. And let's talk about that because I want this. How are we doing? All right. All right. A couple more thoughts here and I'm going to close up. This is often why we are... Uh, in relationships where we don't feel free to fully be ourselves. We withhold our true thoughts, feelings, emotions, and desires because we instinctively know that the connection will not be strong enough to handle what we are bringing to the table. And that might be me. It might be my trauma, my history. It might be my painful childhood. It might be my learned safety behaviors, walls that I've built the litany of rational and irrational fears concerning relationships. It might be me. It might be them. And all their stuff. Because we all have a measure of brokenness that we must run to the Father with. You know what's amazing is that when we choose relationship, we get to become part of our healing instead of part of our wounding. When we choose connection, we can have a hard conversation that brings healing and intimacy instead of distance and pain. And it's fun because I can look around the room and I see hard conversations that I've had that produce more connection than less, that produce greater intimacy than less. And it's beautiful. 
we get to become keys to each other's healing. And we can choose to build relationships for the sake of connection and based on the foundation, if we base it on the foundations of unconditional love and acceptance. In order to have a culture of honor, we must learn how to love the way that Christ does. We must choose to have as the foundation of our relationships the goal of connection through unconditional love and acceptance. Of course, next week we're going to talk about some of the pillars of healthy relationships, trust, responsibility, self-control, these things that, that just we just have to have if we're going to have healthy relationships. So we're going to unpack that a little more next week. There's nothing more heartbreaking than desiring connection with somebody and having them say, I do not want connection with you. It's hard. It just, it just makes you sad. Can I just say that many of us have, have either been the ones that have cut off connection or we've had connection cut off with us. Right? Now, we have to go to the Father for whatever's, whatever was our part and ask the Father's forgiveness for not honoring that relationship the way that God wanted it. And then we need to entrust the other person fully to the Lord. It's not our job to change them, to correct them, to chase them down and say, well, if you just watch this series. The Lord has them. And you can entrust them to the Father. You don't need to try and control them or change them or make them see the world differently. You just love them unconditionally, accept them unconditionally, and watch things move. Will you stand with me? Let's pray. Thank you, Father, so much for what you're doing in this place. We are so blessed uh, by your presence this morning. We thank you that you are the God that heals. So, Father, I'm praying that your magnificent, glorious presence would fill this place with healing. Healing for every relationship that was cut off prematurely, every relationship due to pain and wounding and, and real trauma and, and these things that have just created chaos and havoc in our minds. I'm praying, Holy Spirit, come and flood us with your love. Flood us with your unconditional love, with your unconditional acceptance of us. Thank you, God, that your presence is shifting hearts and minds to find you in deeper ways today. I thank you, God, that you have never rejected us. You have never pushed me away. You've never gone in a direction that said, Chris, I have, I have, I have something bad for you. You've never said it. You've only had good for me. You've only drawn me into deeper connection with you. No matter what was going on, you've drawn me to yourself. And, and today, I believe many of you, he's saying, come to me. Come to me for your healing. Come to me with the pain and the suffering that you've been through. Come to me with the traumas that you've had to walk through. The losses that you've experienced. Come bring it to me. I want to connect with you in the midst of your pain because I love you. Thank you, Lord. Come, Lord. Come, Lord.
Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. Father, I thank you that today you're bringing healing in marriages where there's been deep, deep disconnection. That husbands to love their wives and wives to love their husbands. In a fresh way, God, I'm praying that there would be a revelation and an un, un, unveiling of connection. What it means to be connected. It doesn't need to be perfect. There just has to be a desire. So, Father, I pray that you begin to re-spark desire for connection. I pray for the prodigals, those disconnected children. For whatever reason, they've chosen to stay connect, disconnected, whether it's from you or for us as parents. I pray, God, for a deep, unconditional love and acceptance to flood each of our hearts, each of our hearts and minds. Let it flood our heart toward our children no matter what they've said or done that might have been painful or hurtful for us, we ask God that your forgiveness would flow and that you would put a desire in our hearts to connect above all else, above their behavior, above their actions, that we would choose connection over getting them to perform the right way. And that we would just be happy with connection wherever they're at instead of trying to make their behavior look the way I want it. Forgive us for that, God. Teach us how to love the way that you love. I pray for broken friendships right now. I just feel the heartache of friendships that were lost over disagreements whether it was politics, whether it was some something spoken or said that was hurtful and painful. Father, we're asking for a spirit of reconciliation to flow over this house. I think Scott Ackland being here was a sign of reconciliation between him and me, and I believe it's a message to the body of Christ. That it's time to be reconciled and move together forward in ministry, in life. So, Father, I'm asking that, that that reconciliation would just begin to flood the hearts and minds of every person here. That we begin to see with your eyes. That we begin to see with your heart. That we would no longer judge things according to our own pain and according to our wisdom, according to our own thinking. But that we begin to see things according to your eyes. I want everyone to put your hand on your heart. And I want you just in your own way, just begin to ask God, ask the Holy Spirit to flood you with his love. Say, Holy Spirit, fill my heart with your love. Holy Spirit, fill my heart with your love. Your unconditional love and acceptance. Yeah, he saw, he's, see, the enemy wants to whisper shame. He wants to whisper, but you did this and you did that and you're this and you're that. No, he sees all of it. He still loves you. 
He sees all of it. He still loves you. He sees all your brokenness. He still loves you. He still loves you. He still longs to be with you. Holy Spirit, fill our hearts with your unconditional love. We want to come closer to you, God. We want to abide with you. say yes, God, to receiving your love fresh and new in our hearts. Flood us with your love today so that we can love the way that you loved us. Thank you, I'm grateful that as we continue to become the people that God has called us to be, He requires us to lay more down. I'm grateful for that because I want to look more like Him every day. And the more of me I lay down, the more I get to look like Him. To the point where I don't even recognize what I'm laying down and what I'm like. It's just like I'm just in this place with the Lord. So I encourage you reconnect, reconnect. And God's telling you who right now? Reconnect. Allow your connection to be a priority instead of your fear. We say, fear go, Holy Spirit come. We need him to make this work, right? Amen? Will you say it with me? Fear go, Holy Spirit come. One more time. Fear go, Holy Spirit come. Amen. Bless you guys. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you for joining us today. Harvest Valley Worship Center is called to be a refuge for healing and a launch pad for transformation. If this message impacted you today, please let us know in a comment, or you can email us at media at hvwc.com. Thank you for joining us, and we look forward to connecting with you.